Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Google Play Music and on the new Google Podcasts app, as well as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and on the Overcast app for iOS. Plus, if you still aren't aware, NHTE is now available on Spotify, so be sure to follow the show on there. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, my guest is a singer, songwriter, piano player who is signed to Gladiator Records. She released a full album in August featuring 13 songs in the R&B genre. Early on, she had been discovered by Simon Cowell and moved with her family to Los Angeles under a major record deal, although she has since moved back east. She has gotten a wide array of press coverage and is a Yamaha-endorsed artist. You've been hearing a song of hers entitled This Ain't the End, the remix version. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Heather Russell. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be talking with you on here. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise. Thanks, Heather. It's nice to meet you and, and thank you for doing this. Yes, you too. I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> you bet, you bet. We always start off by having the guest talk about the song of theirs that was playing during the intro. So in your case, tell the listeners all about This Ain't the End. Yeah, so This Ain't the End was a song that I had originally written um, partially when I was I was in a relationship at the time. Um, and it was inspiring me to uh, write about it. So I was like, I was at home writing all these lyrics about this guy that I was with. Uh, and at the time, it felt like, you know, everything was over with this guy. Um, and then I went to the studio, and I brought this idea to Lucas and Adrian Reza. And the idea ended up blossoming into this song called This Ain't The End, which ended up meaning more than just a relationship when the song was finished. It ended up meaning, you know, this ain't the end. You know, in, in life in general, when you think things are over, they're really not, you know what I mean? So I ended up surpassing what I what it was only originally about, which was cool. <laughs> so yeah. Well, that's interesting because they say in the world of podcasting that your show should be very specific, meaning that it should really be niched down to a targeted audience. But yours is the opposite. You're saying this actually turned into something that you thought was just going to be about the end of a relationship with a boy and mm-hmm. it ended up being something that has wide appeal to it. So from a business sense, it's a job well done because now there's so many more people that, and, and, and isn't that the beauty, Heather, about songwriting and about music that you mm-hmm. can start with something that came from your personal experience and it turns out the way you described and people say, wow, I can totally relate to that. And it might have nothing to do with having <laughs> been in a relationship. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's the beautiful thing about music in general. I think it's for all ears. And I think there's always something in it for everyone. And there's really no rules, at least for me, when it comes to writing music, however it it flourishes or chooses to go in any direction is how it'll be. You know what I mean? And as many people, you know, as many people that relate to it is all the more even better for me. So, 
yeah. <laughs> well, and I imagine that over time, the more that you're out performing that song or the more that it's getting airplay and thanks to social media, you'll get lots of feedback from people who will probably tell you, thank you for that song. I can relate because, and then they'll get to tell you their stories. Right. And that's always the most like beautiful moment for me. And it, it's always such a great feeling knowing, you know what, cause I've had that, you know, where people will reach out and be like, Oh, you know, your song helped me through this or your song helped me through that. It's the greatest feeling because that's really why I do it. You know, like music, I write it for me, but I also write it for other people. You know, I want people to have my music as an outlet, you know, for people who maybe, you know, don't have an outlet or need something that they can use to escape to, you know? So yeah, it, music is great in that way. <laughs> but this is a strange question because it's kind of contradictory. On the one hand, it must make you feel really good when someone does contact you and say, thank you, that song really helped me. And it's like, oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to hear that. But is there ever a moment where you step back and you go, really? My song? Like, little old me? Like, who am I? And, and I had that impact on you? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, of, of course. You know, especially, and I'm still in the beginning stages of my career. You know, it's not it's not something that I'd say like I'm used to where I have all these people coming over to me and me like, oh, you know, I listen and, you know. But when it does happen, it is obviously, you know, surprising at first because, yeah, it's like, you know, originally this is just a song that I wrote, you know, expressing how I feel. But I didn't think, you know, other people would be able to reach out and relate to it. So when they do, um, it definitely hits me by surprise, but it's a great feeling. And then I think back, like, you know, before I even was writing songs and I was listening to other people, it was the same thing for me, you know, when I'd listen to one of my biggest inspirations, Alicia Keys, you know, it was that same relationship with her music where, you know, I'd find comfort in the songs that she would write, you know, so I look at it that way. It's, it's really a huge uh, compliment to uh, me and um, I guess my songwriting. I don't know. It's a it's a beautiful thing, and I appreciate everyone who listens. So, yeah. <laughs> and there is also a music video for This Ain't the End, which, Heather, I'm, I'm guessing that, A, those were friends of yours in the video, meaning not just actors who were cast for it, and B, there are little glimpses here and there that made me think as I watched it that you had a lot of fun making that video. T talk about all that. Oh, my God. Yeah, making that video was, uh, was a blast. The, the cool thing about making that video was it was almost like it was spontaneous. Like we had planned, me and my label and my managers, like we had planned filming the video, but there was no exact structure on how we were going to do it. We kind of just gathered a bunch of people from the team, like the two girls uh, in the video. One of them is actually my photographer, but she's a great friend of mine. So we had her in, bring some of her friends. Um, and it was more just like the video kind of was like a giant hangout, you know, because I also want the song outside of people being able to relate to it. I also want people to be able to just have a good time listening to it and kind of just vibe out. And that's kind of what we did um, in the video. Um, but, yeah, it was super fun. And we kind of just, you know, went along with it. And, um, yeah, I think it came out good. It was really fun to film. So, yeah. Yeah, I like the way that you described that, because for the most part, the the video primarily takes on an air of this is very professionally done and I've got a message here that I need to communicate. And then all of a sudden there's these little glimpses of, hey, let's not take things too seriously, however. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. You know, you want it. You want people to listen to the song, you know, obviously and hear what I'm saying. But you also you have the other side of it where it's just it's fun to just kind of chill out and vibe out to a song, which is we tried to capture both of those things. I think. <laughs> How long did it take to make the video and where was that filmed? I assume in Toronto? 
Actually, no. So we filmed that video in Niagara. A lot of my team, actually, like my label, um, my producers and my managers, my label is um, located in Niagara. And most of my team, like my photographer and stuff like that, they're all in Niagara. And then my managers are in Whitby. So they're actually all really far. So we ended up going to Niagara to film that. Um, When you're saying Niagara, do you mean Niagara Falls? Niagara, sorry, it's called Niagara on the Lake. Okay. So it's, it's close to Niagara Falls. It's almost like, it's this really cool area, like just outside of Niagara Falls um, with like these big fields and stuff like that. And it's almost kind of like a ghost town. So that's why we thought it'd be cool to film it there because it was kind of just super chill, um, a chill environment. Um, yeah. And so how long did it take to do that? Because I'm, I'm waiting to hear if you're going to tell me a couple hours or if you're going to tell me a couple days. Right. Sorry, I forgot about the, um, we, we filmed it in one day, actually. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we filmed it in one day. It, we filmed it one day, and it, that's the cool thing. Like, it, it, because it flowed so much, and there was no, you know, forced um, motions with, like, while making the project in the video, it just flowed so quickly and uh, beautifully as a team, and uh, that ended up coming out in one day, yeah. But at the same time, though, as as loose as you're trying to describe that it was and not very scripted right down to second by second, were there times when you spoke up and you said, wait, I'm not happy with that, I want to do it over, or was it just exactly as you described and you just kind of went with it? Oh, of course. I mean, I'm I'm like, anyone that knows me knows that I'm like such a perfectionist. Um, and I critique myself like no ends. I'm constantly, you know, like, oh, this could be better. This could be better. So in, in terms of that sense, of course, there were lots of different moments throughout that day where, you know, I'd stop and I'd ask the videographer, his name is Rojo. I'd be like, hey, you know, let, like, let's film this shot again or let's do that again. Um, but that didn't stop the flow of making the video. You know, those were just like little edits that we would do okay. here and there. Okay. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyhow, congratulations on the album. As I said in the intro, 13 songs. And I saw Mm -hmm. that it went at least as high as number 38 on the R&B Top 200 charts in Canada. I I may be wrong. It may have gone higher than that. But just talk about Mm -hmm. the project on the whole, because I know it's something that you worked on for, what, two years, I believe, putting that album together? Yeah, the making the album was about, it took about like a year, year and a half, I'd say. I mean, I met the Reza Brothers about... Well, like um, like two years ago, um, and right when we met, we I literally hopped in the studio, and the cool thing was the chemistry was, I mean, as an artist, you know, I've been in hundreds of writing sessions, and I had never been in a writing session like that with them. It mm. went, it just was so easy. There was no, it didn't feel like okay, now we're here, we've scheduled this appointment, let's write a song. It was more like we're hanging out. And at the same time, we're musicians having a good time writing a song, you know, and that's how it was every single time I was in that studio with them. Um, so right, making this album was so fun because we were kind of all on the same page um, and they embraced who I was as an artist and who I am. Um, and yeah, making this album because we were all on the same page and I'm, you know, still growing as an artist with every song, you know, I wanted to try different things um, and I definitely experimented a lot making this album in terms of style and incorporating, you know, different elements like, you know, hip hop and rapping and stuff like that, which is something I've never done before. So this entire album was experimental. Um, but I don't think there's a better representation of who I am as an artist. So making it was such a blast. Uh, and I'm excited to continue to, to, to promote it and have people hear it. Yeah. Well, I love the way that you describe that because listeners, those of you who have been with me 
for quite some time. You know that we've talked with several guests before about, you know, some writing sessions are going to be good. Some writing sessions are going to be not so good. And Heather, mm-hmm. I think you did such a great job of describing the difference between knowing when you're really hitting it off with a co-writer. And it sounds like you and the brothers, that that was just a, a, a perfect match. Yeah, it 100% was. Like, I've never had, literally, I'm, I've never had more fun in a session before. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's so much fun writing with them because it, it's almost like there's, there's no agenda, you know, we know we're in there to write, but it's, it naturally just happens. Either I come in and I'd bring in an idea or, you know, Lucas would show us, you know, a, a beat that he had made and we'd all kind of just, it would all just kind of flow. This whole project has been just a giant, um, amazing trip and, we're going to continue to make projects. So I'm very, very, very excited. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the vibe in the room was exactly what it needed to be, as opposed to, like you said, feeling very structured. Here mm-hmm. I am. My name is Heather. You're shaking hands. Let's sit down. Let's get our pencils and paper and start right. the time clock and let's write a song. It's like, gee, wow, this is a very cold and sterile environment. And, and that wasn't the case at all. And listeners, that can be the difference. If you're a songwriter, you're listening to us talk right now, that could mm-hmm. be the difference you know, between really writing something great versus being able to walk out and say, well, at least we got it done. Well, you don't sound like you're right. really happy about what you just wrote. I mean, Bruce, so just to just to put it out there, one of the songs on the album, it's called You Done No Fam. Literally, it sparked from a conversation we were having that had nothing to do with music. We were talking about this British show called Top Boy. Um, we were talking about the lingo within the, uh, within the show. Um, and we ended up writing a song about it because Adrian, he started beatboxing and I started using the lingo that we were talking about in the show and a song sparked from it, you know? So it, wow. the song sparked from so many different, um, influences when we were in uh, the studio. So sure, sure. Yeah. now clarify for me, because I mentioned in the intro that you are signed to gladiator records. So, who are the brothers, meaning did the, did they just work on that project with you, or are they from Gladiator Records? Yeah, so Lucas and Adrian Reza, um, they are Gladiator Records. Okay. Um, that's their label, um, which I'm signed to, but they're also the producers that I worked with for this whole album. Okay, okay. Listeners, yeah. we were talking a few minutes ago about the video for This Ain't the End. Heather's YouTube channel has a combined total of well over 900,000 views. Heather, for your benefit, we have gotten listeners from 138 countries around the world to the show. So a lot of folks are just now getting introduced to you for the first time. So help me out with this. While we're talking about YouTube, you were songwriting at such a young age that you actually launched your channel when you were eight years old. Is is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was, um, I started, uh, well, music had always been something that I was passionate about. Uh, when I was around eight or nine in school, you know, like most kids, I, st- I was exposed to bullying and all of that, and music was my outlet, and I realized, okay, when I started writing songs, I thought, okay, this is something that I that I want to share with other people, and my mom and my dad were on board with me, so we created the channel, and yeah, we started posting videos of me uh, singing songs that I had written. Yeah. And so... Were you already playing piano at that time also? Yep. Yeah, I started playing piano when I was, well, 
I, I fiddled with it when I was younger, and then eight or nine was when I started taking it really seriously uh, and, like, practicing every day and making sure that it was, you know, something that I was going to use to accompany me kind of everywhere, you know, because the piano and me have always been one. Um, with, like, almost all performances, I always have the piano by my side. So, yeah, I started taking lessons around eight or nine, and then, yeah, kept going from there. Uh, and listeners, she mentioned bullying. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know what I'm going to say. But if you're new to the show and you never heard it, go back and listen to episode 147 when my guest was Brielle Von Hugel. She is a singer-songwriter who these days has been touring with Postmodern Jukebox. Uh, she was one of the top 12 girls semifinalists on season 11 of American Idol. But she talked wow. a lot on that episode about bullying and the stand that she's taken against it because she did go through that and the the whole platform that she has against it. Uh, Back on episode 230, Biebs talked about the music videos she's making and that she uses the DR10 series from Tascam to record the audio for her videos. And as I've been out over the last few months doing speaking engagements, I have done the same things, meaning capturing the audio while I'm talking so that it can be laid over the video shot from a camera across the room. Listeners, you can do the same thing for whatever you're doing video-wise. Just check out Tascam.com. That's one of the many different types of recording solutions that they have available. Spend some time looking on their site, including finding a dealer. It's Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. So, Heather, getting back to your channel, having been Mm -hmm. started so early... Take us through the whole getting discovered by Simon Cowell thing. Did he see you on on YouTube? Is that the case? And then does he contact you directly or someone on his behalf does? And then, as I mentioned in the intro, you and your family end up moving from Ontario to Los Angeles. Yeah, so um, around eight or nine, I started posting videos. And then I believe it was one of Simon Cowell's work partners uh, by the name of uh, Sonny. He saw the video. Uh, and he showed Simon, and then I remember I was, like, at school, and I got a call from my mom, and my mom was like, Heather, we're going to London, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she, she told me that, that Simon Cowell had reached out and that he wanted to fly us out and have me perform for him, and I was freaking out. I was so excited because my parents knew that music was what I wanted to pursue, and, I mean, the earlier the better, right? So <laughs> yeah. that was amazing, and, um, yeah, he flew us out. To London. He flew you to London. Yep, London. Yeah, London, England. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Uh, it was, I think, one of the longest flights I've ever been on too, which is really cool. Because I love, honest, I love going on planes, um, and so that was a blast. We went, we got there, and then I was introduced to Simon. I actually met him in between. I think it was like a commercial break for. Um, he was doing it was it was it was during a live Britain's Got Talent episode that they were filming. Wow. So. Yeah, I met him behind, like, the studio or whatever in this little room with a little keyboard. And, you know, he was like, hello, Heather, nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a little conversation, and I played a song that I'd written called Listen Up, um, which was about my parents at the time um, splitting up. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, you know, Heather, (laughs) he goes, Heather, you know, um, your parents should split up every six months so you can write songs like that. (laughs) 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 That's what he said. (laughs) <laughs> and you were you were eight it. or nine years old when this was going on? Yeah. <laughs> I was nine. And um, I laughed and I gave him a hug. And then he 
after that, like we watched the show for the, we watched the rest of the show in the audience and then we flew back home. And then a couple months later he flew us back and we signed a, I signed a bunch of papers and contracts and I was signed to him. And then a couple years later, he, he thought it was best if we moved to LA. So he moved us out to LA, which was amazing. Um, amazing experience. That's what I was going to ask you is I wanted to understand the timeline and listeners, if you're an up and coming performer yourself, I want you to hear Heather's story and understand that that these things do happen. You know, at the same time, I don't want you to put all your hopes on getting discovered on YouTube, but I want you to hear her that that it does happen that she was 9 years old and she got discovered by Simon Cowell. So, if you hear these stories and you think, you know, oh this this happens to everyone but me, you know, Heather's here to tell you that she was a 9-year-old girl in Toronto, Ontario. You know, she wasn't this accomplished 25-year-old in Los Angeles who no. <laughs> knew somebody that knew somebody that knew Simon Cowell. So I want you to give yourself, you know, put yourself out there, listeners, if you're an up-and-coming performer, and, and know that the more present that you are, the better chance you have of someone finding you. Just as I said, don't put all your hopes and dreams on YouTube and then no one finds you and you give up. Just know that it's a possibility and then keep doing great things. But so Heather, just to, to continue along, I, I mentioned this before, but I wanna again have I want to have you speak to those people that I just referred to because they're up and comers mm -hmm. and they're hearing you and they're going, Wow, this girl, she got to move to Los Angeles. They flew her to London. She got signed to a deal by Simon Cowell. And right. then you and I are about to tell them that you walked away from it all and they're going to say, why in the world would she do that? Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So so what about that? What about walking? And, and by the way, I even want you to tell me not only why you did it, but like, how did you do it? Do, do you sit and tell Simon face to face? Is it an email? Is it not even him? And you just yeah. tell one of his reps. So, you know, describe not only the process, but perhaps more importantly, how you were feeling that made you decide to leave all that and head back home to Toronto. Okay, um, of course. Well, the thing, I, what I want to say too um, to your listeners, I think what's important to know, or what I what I like to live by, as cliche as it is, is whatever you put out there, you will receive. You know, the universe. I believe in the universe, and I think it works in many ways. Um, and I think the more you put out there, the more it will come back to you. You know, if you truly believe in what you're doing. Um, and in the industry, you know, it, it takes a while to be discovered, and there's so many ups and downs. Like, you know, yes, I was signed to him, and then we moved there. What happened was he. The thing is, he, Simon Cowell is an amazing man, but you know, he was so busy with all his shows that he was doing, um, and we weren't doing really too much at the moment. So. Um, my parents uh, and I made the decision to, you know, talk to him and be like, you know what, this is an, this has been an amazing journey, and um, we appreciate you moving us out here. But I think we're gonna go, you know, in this direction now because there's other people who've taken interest who, you know, would also like to help Heather um, with her journey. So you you were talking to him personally. You were telling this to Simon. It was more of my it was more of my parents who were in contact well, with right. him and, but in other words, and stuff it, like that. In other words, it was Simon. It wasn't someone on his behalf. Um, no, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was Simon and it was, it was, it was both. It was Simon and it was people sure, on his behalf. Sure. We were, it was both. And do I, do I understand correctly that he was having you do pop and you were more interested in doing R&B? Was that also a part of this whole thing? 
that was part of the journey, but that wasn't with uh, Simon. That was with people after him. You know, oh, okay. the, the the journey's so long. <laughs> There's so many different people we worked with, and that's the that's the crazy thing wow. about the industry. It's a wow. giant roller coaster, you know, and you can't, you know, you can't give up through the hardships. You know, you got to use that to push you. And you know, moving back to Canada was scary, um, but it's the best decision that we made. You know what I mean? Um, because I've met a team that I that I really do love. And that I know is for me. Like I, they say, when you know it, you know. And I, I know that this is the team that I'm gonna be working with forever. Outstanding. Um, yeah, and you, uh, the most important thing is to keep a positive attitude through it all. Because you know, if you buy into, you know, oh, you know, what was me, and I had it all, and then now I have nothing. I had it all, and I, you know, then you get caught up in it, and then you don't move. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, so after we separated from Simon, then we worked with other people and I was with different management. And that's where that came about, what you talked about, how I was kind of put into this pop box, which I didn't, which wasn't me. Um, And I went through that whole thing where, you know, I was making music that I didn't really want to make. And we were making videos or one video that I didn't want to make. And um, they were kind of just, they, they, they didn't understand who I was in ar- as an artist. You know, it was an honest, classic, that type of uh, situation. And gotcha. so they they were pushing me to be, you know, this one person when I'm when I'm here being this R&B artist inside, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I went through that. And then, but that's that's just what adds to the journey, you know. I, there's, there's not any, like if you think about it, for people who read books, what good book is there without you know trials and yep, tribulations? That's right. That's right. And the, and and here's a story called Heather Russell, singer, songwriter, piano <laughs> player, and it has a happy ending. So yes, <laughs> you do have to look at at that part that you you do know that you made the right decision because now you're just full of joy with with where you are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is there's a chance that people are trying to contact you with opportunities that you might not be aware of. I'm talking about messages being sent through two particular platforms where you do actually need to do just a little bit of digging. Make it a habit of checking both your Instagram direct messages and your Facebook Messenger for what will be sitting in an area called pending requests. True, sometimes they're just junk, but you want to look there regularly to make sure that you're not missing something that could be not only legit, but time sensitive. Look for those pending requests regularly so that it becomes a habit. You won't get a notification if something is sitting there and you don't have any messages that are new in your inbox. That might be the place where something big pops up. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Heather, back in 2015, you actually had put out an EP called Phases, 
And six yep. songs, mind you. I'm, I'm just amazed because you had turned 15 years old two months before that came out. So I'm guessing you were 14 when you wrote the songs for that EP? Yeah, I was 13 or 14. I think 14, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was... Thank you. It, it, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. As as much as I say, you know, I, those songs weren't me, it was still... I still appreciate the journey, you know what I mean, and working with the people that I did. But uh, yeah, it was I think fourteen when we recorded it, and then fifteen is when uh, is when it came out when I was fifteen. Yeah. So in my research for our interview today, I found something called the High School Nation Tour that you were on. What was that all about? And then how was that experience? Yeah. So um, the High School Nation Tour was. Um, it was a tour with a, a couple different artists on it, and at that time I was 15, so I was in my sophomore year in high school, and I had been chosen to be part of the tour. So me and my mom and my brother went, and we went in like this little, like this this well, this big van, and we drove all across the U.S. and we performed at different high schools. So it was with uh, Drake Bell was on the tour, so I got to become friends with him, and a group called History in the Making. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, um, we were there, we were basically with each other every day for, I think it was eight weeks or 10 weeks, I think. And we were, we performed at different high schools, um, all around the U S. So we went to Florida. Um, uh, we went to, uh, Texas. We went, we went everywhere wow. and I performed, uh, yeah, I performed songs from my EP phases. And I think that tour was important in the sense where I got really comfortable with crowds, you know, because every day we performed to pretty big high schools. So every day, whether it was in the morning or in the afternoon, I got to perform to, you know, two, three thousand people. So wow. that was a really fun experience. Yeah, that's awesome. it was a good time. So was that while you were still living in Los Angeles? Yep. Yeah, I was still living in Los Angeles at that time. Um, and I was actually I was in school. So I took off about 10 weeks of school um, while doing that tour. Mm. Well, I think it probably mm -hmm. also gave you good exposure to, I'm going to call it life on the road, but, you know, you mentioned that you're, in other words, it wasn't, you know, Heather Russell and her band, it was other entertainers, and here you all were traveling together and lodging mm -hmm. together, performing together, so I, I guess I will say life on the road. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously in the future, I hope to have, you know, a tour that's and I think it will happen, but, you know, a tour where it's, you know, the Heather Russell tour. But experiencing that was a blast, you know, because I got so close with the people that I was with on tour. And I met so many amazing people in every city, every state that we were in. Um, and it was incredible, too, you know, driving every day to, you know, every day was a new city, you know. So it, it was a blast getting to meet so many different people from so many different places. And I love to travel. So, you know, like, I think my favorite place was when we, we were, we went to New Orleans. Ah. So yeah, that city was amazing. <laughs> you know, there was so much music there. It was a blast. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Toronto, Ontario, Canada by singer, songwriter, piano player, Heather Russell. She is all over social media. Find Heather on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And then her music is widely available, too. You've been hearing us talk about her new album, which is called My Metropolis, plus her EP called Phases. Her music is streaming on Spotify and on SoundCloud, both of which are platforms that you can hear this show on. But do purchase Heather's music. Those two releases 
plus several singles are available for download from iTunes. I mentioned back in the intro the many platforms that Now Hear This Entertainment is available on. Do be sure, though, that you are subscribing. It makes it easy to get the show every week because it will then download automatically. And if you're new to NHTE, thanks for listening, and I highly encourage you to go back and listen to past episodes. I mentioned two of them. Whenever a past episode is mentioned, we do always put links to those on the show page for that particular episode. We've had a lot of great guests in the more than four and a half years of this show. Start at nhte.net and you can listen there or see all those other platforms to listen and subscribe through. Heather, one clarification, I couldn't find this on my own. So singer, songwriter, Mm -hmm. and piano player, because you are mentioning that you do R&B, but there's even a little bit of rap that you're experimenting with and those types of genres, are you a dancer? Are you not a dancer? Are you about to become a dancer? Where does any of that fall in what you're doing? Um, I've always danced for fun, but I recently uh, started, I think, integrating that into my performances. I had a Christmas performance. It was uh, at this big Christmas bash that my label threw. Uh, I performed a couple songs, performed one song called No Christmas Blues, which is a Christmas song that I just released. And then I performed a new song that hasn't been released yet. And I had dancers with me and we actually danced um, while I performed. So that was new uh, and it was a blast. Definitely. Uh, realize how out of shape I am, but um, <laughs> something I can practice for. But uh, yeah, I would like to incorporate that into uh, more of my performances. So when dancing. you say that you did dance in the performance that you're describing, are you teaching yourself? Are you taking dance workshops, classes, etc.? How how are you heading into all of that? Um, it hasn't become that serious yet. I mean, I I can I can I would say I can move at a fair a fair state but um uh, my, the dancers were actually friends of mine who are professional dancers and i with eat with the song i choreographed half of it and then or a part of it and then they choreographed the rest and then we would practice every day wow. um yeah we, we would practice every day for like two three hours at a time until we were kind of all in sync and um yeah and then we performed it and it was a blast but you know in the future i you know i'd love to do dance workshops and actually become you know you know really really good at it Um, but for now I I love dancing for fun. Well, and the fact that you said that you have friends who are accomplished dancers, I'm sure they can show you a thing or two. (laughs) Exactly. With less, with less of the cost. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Heather, I also saw something as I was preparing for today, you were in a video that was filmed at YouTube space LA. How, how did that come to be? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. You really did your homework. (laughs) Oh my God. I remember that. Yeah. So at that time, in in all honesty, I don't know how that came about because it was with a team that I was with who had set it up. Uh, Um, Okay. It was it, it was fun making it though. It was when we we recorded a, a Chris we recorded a Christmas cover with a actually he's a very established guitar player. His name is um Andrew Foy, and then two other um youtube artists um so we we came up with this cut co- we did this cover together of a christmas song uh, deck the halls that's what it was and yeah it was cool because we got to tour youtube space la which was really fun it's a big 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 space with lots of different little studios and stuff and yeah we filmed that cover and that was it but it was really really fun doing it but do they just film the four of you performing that song or are there people in there that are watching like i'm you know like an audience 
Um, for that video, no. The only people we had there were, I mean, there was a big crowd that was there, but it was all people who were help, helping uh, make the video. So we had sure. a bunch of different videographers and different videos. And then, you know, because me, I was still a kid, so I had my parents there. And then you had the guitar player's parents there. <laughs> and we had um, different producers there. Um, but in terms, there wasn't like a full audience for okay. that, for okay. that. Yeah. It was more of just us in a studio. It was really cool though, because they had this whole setup of like this, it looked like this big living room with a fireplace and a Christmas tree. And then, you know, for, for us, it looked really cool in the video, but what we were looking at, you know, we were looking at, you know, a giant studio with like cameras and stuff like that, but it was so cool being on a set like that. It's a video that looks really nice. Listeners, if your curiosity is up, when you go on Heather's YouTube channel, you will see that on there. So looking ahead, Heather, what is the outlook for 2019? What will you be doing now that the album release is a few months behind you? Yep, so 2019, obviously I'm going to, still promoting this album, but I have some new releases. I've, I've I've released a couple music videos, but I have a new music video coming out, which I'm really, really, really excited for, because we filmed it in a really cool space. I don't want to say too much about it, but it's for my song, Lights Off. Um, it was so cool making that video, so I have that coming out, and then obviously going to continue to perform and you know, just put this hard work in and let things flourish. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Listeners, I've yeah. been mentioning that Heather is a piano player. And in a minute, I'm going to ask her about Yamaha. But in the meantime, if you play guitar, bass, or ukulele, you want to be checking out Boulder Creek Guitars. If you have been listening to this show long enough, you know that that's what I play and that a lot of big names are playing Boulder Creek Guitars. But if you still haven't watched their videos yet, take some time to look and see why what they do is so different. Learn about their suspended bracing system and what that means and what it results in. Heck, listen to episode 241 of this show when singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Jeff Stramitz was the guest. He gigs regularly, but he also happens to be the president and CEO of Boulder Creek Musical Instruments. And he does a great job on that episode of explaining how their stuff is made. And if you're an artist looking for a deal, meaning an endorsement deal, that is also a good episode to listen to because he tells you how to and how not to approach companies for an endorsement. Anyhow, visit bouldercreekguitars.com. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. So Heather, what about that? I know you play Yamaha pianos, and I believe I saw on your Instagram a shot of you at Yamaha. Talk about that relationship. And for that matter, will I see you at the NAMM show in Anaheim next month, maybe hanging out with the Yamaha folks? Um, I would love to be there. Um, I, maybe not this year, but I think in the future I definitely will be there. Uh, Yamaha's amazing, and I can't – I honestly, I'm so thankful that they've you know, chosen to endorse me. My producer, Lucas – um, has a great relationship with Yamaha and I believe he's endorsed and then he introduced me to Yamaha uh, and then they ended up uh, endorsing me. What happened was I filmed some content at Yamaha uh -huh. with their pianos and stuff like that and I ended up meeting a lot of people from Yamaha, such great people and they ended up, you know, wanting to endorse me and they sent me, you know, the beautiful this beautiful keyboard. It's called the MX-88 and, uh, and all this beautiful equipment. So... Yeah, they're they're Yamaha is amazing, and I love using. I've always used Yamaha keyboards, so I mean it was perfect either way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I actually had my album release party at Yamaha ah. uh, on 
yeah, that was really, really, really fun. They let us use the Yamaha space, and I got to play a big Yamaha grand piano. And we had a couple, like a couple hundred people come out, and it was it was such a fun time. So Yamaha is amazing for that. So we're gonna continue to stay close with Yamaha and keep pushing, keep pushing this project with Yamaha. Well, and you said I've always played Yamaha keyboards, but at the same time, I'll bet you going back to when you were eight or nine years old, if somebody had said Heather's gonna have a deal with Yamaha in ten <laughs> years, you you know, you and your parents probably would have said, yeah, we wish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's so true. I would have not expected for that to happen. But that's the cool thing about life, you know. So many new things happen, you never expect them to, you know. But that's why life is so amazing. (laughs) So speaking of playing a Yamaha, and you mentioned before that your plans for 2019, in addition to new music videos and even new songs, you, Mm -hmm. you mentioned getting out there and performing. So what would that look like if someone came and saw you perform live? Is it just you and your Yamaha on stage or do you have a band? Who who would be on stage with you, if anybody? Well, the cool thing about it is I, I, I think in terms of performance, uh, it's going to my performance and what the experience is, is going to blossom um, as I get older and I meet more people, but I would love to, you know, have a band, which, you know, I'm working on right now, but I think seeing me live, it would be me and, you know, my piano. But as I said, you know, I'm starting to incorporate dance. So that could be a part of it. It also, it depends on like the space. If it's a big space, I would love to incorporate dancing and moving. Um, but I think a signature Heather Russell experience would be, you know, me and uh, my Yamaha keyboard and kind of just vibing out to what I play and stuff like that. I also like to be very interactive when I perform. Like I love talking to the audience and having conversations with people watching. So there'd probably be a lot of that. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a, a good time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I was thinking that that maybe you were going to tell me that being that you worked with the brothers on your album and you know with under the Gladiator Records umbrella, I thought maybe you were going to tell me that they would perform on stage with you. But um, it doesn't sound like that's necessarily the case. Um. I mean, sometimes they, I, I, like, the cool thing about the Rose Brothers is they kind of, they like to let me kind of just do my thing. You know, they're they're behind the scenes when it comes to my career. Um, but when we have, like, big, uh, big parties that they throw, like, when they threw, they threw, like, a Christmas bash and stuff like that uh, this past Friday, we'll, like, you know, we'll be on stage together, you know, performing together and stuff like that. And that's always a blast because, like, there's such big personalities so it's always so fun being on stage with them but I think if it's like my show then it'd be more they'd be more kind of sitting in the audience watching me it's sure, more of that sure yeah supporting you that's great well we're going to close yeah. today with another song from Heather one called No Christmas Blues before we let you go Heather tell the listeners all about this song please yeah so No Christmas Blues is very special to my heart because it's the first Christmas song that I've ever written and um when I when I met up with the Rosa Brothers and we wrote the song, at first I was nervous because you know there's so many classic Christmas songs. It's like why even attempt? But it wasn't when we wrote it. It just flowed so well and it was so fun writing it. We for this song, we wanted uh, the song to represent different points of view, um, in general and during Christmas. So the first verse would be coming from you know a teenage girl's perspective about a boy who won't get back to her, and then the second verse is about someone who you know, is, you know, homeless and, you know, wants a family and stuff like that. So we wanted to, you know, talk about, we wanted something that different people can relate to and understand. Um, so that's what I think is special about this song. 
And I think it's just a fun song to listen to, and I hope people enjoy it for Christmas time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. That was going to be my last question, but you said something that triggered one follow-up. You said that you wrote this song with the brothers. Also, are there any songs on the album out of the thirteen tracks that were written solely by you, or are they all co-writes? Most of them are co-writes. Like I said. Um, some of the songs I'd come in and they were already songs that I bring would be half written and then we'd write the rest together. The the only songs that are fully, I think written by me with no changes or anything um, are the interludes. So I have one song called upside down. Um, That one is just me in terms of the writing and then another one called loving me tonight. But again, like I think when it comes to um, the full, the full finished, um, the full finished version of a song. There's so many things that go into it. Like also there's like the production that goes into it and different things that, you know, Lucas as the producer will add, you know, that really enhances a song. So, but you're, you yourself, you're writing lyrics and melody. Yes. You're not just writing lyrics. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's both. And and in fact, in fact, writing melodies has actually always been easier for me. Lyrics has been something that I've been working at actually. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Heather, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for your time. Great to meet you. Uh, Happy New Year. Congratulations on the new album and all the best for 2019. <laughs> I'm trying to get through the whole list here. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun interview and just a great conversation. So thank you so much, Bruce. <laughs> Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, piano player, Heather Russell. Do hit her up on social media. So that means like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Again, while her music is streaming on Spotify and SoundCloud, do support Heather by purchasing her music, either the new album, My Metropolis, or her EP, Phases, or even singles, or some combination thereof. You can buy downloads of all that from iTunes. And again, I hope you are hitting the subscribe button for Now Hear This Entertainment, or the follow button on Spotify or SoundCloud, so that you get the new episode automatically each week. And if you're new, thanks for checking out this episode, and please take time to go back through and listen to past episodes whether it's other R&B artists like Heather or other Canadian artists or whatever your interests. I'm grateful to everyone who listens. We will send you out today with another song from Heather Russell. This is the one she just talked about. It's called No Christmas Blues. I'm sitting here by the fire Waiting for someone to call I don't have no desire and to just sit back at home He's just a little ways away Waiting for someone I don't need no one else today Yeah.
Give me.